Welcome to Comedy Centric, your place for all things comedy. Every week we'll discuss the legends and the people who built the business, the performers, writers, behind the scenes, and stories that you have never heard. So relax, take a load off, and join us for this episode of Comedy Centric. Now the host of your show, nationally headlining comedian, a woman with a wicked sense of humor and a killer Jersey accent, Julia Scotty. Hey, hi, hey, hi. We, uh, I gotta tell you, we're taping the show uh, a day later than we normally tape it because last night uh, we were five minutes away from taping it and my internet went out and uh, I naturally called my internet company and I got a very friendly guy named Joey from India. Um, I don't know if that's his real name. Uh, he couldn't really help me, send it. but eventually it just magically came on by itself. So uh, we're here tonight. Thank you. You don't care about any of this, but Kath, uh, uh, and then we were just going to start and Kathy got an emergency phone call. I did. I'm so sorry. No, uh, you should be. Hey, did I, what? did I tell you what happened the other night? What? I was laying in my bed. Well, mm -hmm. I was sleeping 1030 at night and I was sound asleep and I hear this. Oh, and I'm like, eh, it's a dream. I know. You know, and then uh, a few minutes later, I hear, I'm like, uh-oh, that, that seems like somebody that wants to get a hold of me. So I look through my little peephole, and don't ever do this. I don't have I a look, peephole. Okay, but I look through my little peephole, and there are three large figures in dark clothing. Now, I don't know why I think it's a good idea to answer the door, but... I do. I open the door and it's the local police. It's three of them. And the one guy goes, that's not who we're looking for. And I went, thank God. <laughs> well, you should be. I know. And so they're like, hey, do you know so-and-so? I'm like, well, kind of. And uh, But it was, it's scary. You never want three police officers knocking on your door at 1030 at night. And I go, I'm sorry. I'm like rubbing the sleep out of my eyes. I'm like, I'm sorry. I was sleeping. And the one, the one cop goes, oh yeah, I guess it is 1030 at night. I'm like, what are you doing? That You don't know what time it is. Crime never sleeps. Not, not in this no. filthy city I live in. Well, what they want? They're looking for somebody. Oh, but not you. Not me. Thank God. Thank God. That's right. Because you wouldn't be here tonight. Somebody uh, that apparently lived here at this address before. Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. They didn't say that. Person. He was there. Yeah, I know, but he you probably think he was? There. I think so. He might have he been. He was squatting. Well, I, I got to tell you, I'm so excited. What? I want to get right to our guest. Oh, yeah, yeah, our yeah. Guest. I'm so excited to have this person with us tonight because uh, I love her as a human being. And uh, I'm so proud of her and happy about for her. And you'll find out why in the near future, but she, um, if the name Carrie Snow rings a bell to you, uh, it should, because she's done everything in comedy. And I met her, oh, I guess it had to be um, six, six, seven years ago, maybe. Uh, with I was out, uh, no, at the Throckmorton Theater in Mill oh, Valley. Wow. California. Uh, one of my favorite theaters, yeah. And she, she and I were on the bill together. And just, I fell in love with her, and we hit it off just nicely, nicely. Thank you. So I'm going to Without further ado, uh, bring on uh, Miss Carrie Snow. Come on on, Carrie. Yay. Hey, Carrie. 
And Doobie's here too. Hi, Doobie. Look at her awesome backdrop. I know. It really, I, I feel like we, we're It's so, just our hallway, you know, no, I just slapped a chair in a hallway and. A little humble. That say humble. They just did. I just slapped the chair and. Right. And it, well, and Terry it was, did. Oh, okay. My, Terry is your, your, Terry is your. My husband slash production assistant. Well, uh, you know, I read your article, by the way, Terry, uh, Terry is her husband, but um, yesterday, when was it yesterday when we were speaking? Sunday. The, the thing you wrote for the LA Times about how you met him. So we might as well, that's a good enough place to start. How yeah. did you meet Terry? Um, it's actually also on the other hallway. You know, the uh, article's framed on the other hallway. Well, I have it here, so I'm going to pull oh, it up. Oh, good. I'll hold it up to the camera. Do you want to know who the unknown comic who was rolling a joint while we drove? Yes. Yeah. Bruce yes. Bomb. Bruce Bomb. And he's Bruce very Baby good. Bomb? Was that yeah. Yeah, wow. baby man. Well, and now that it's here, it is. It's called a, what is it? a funny thing happened from the Los Angeles Times. And uh, May 18, 2013, you wrote this. Mm -hmm. so, but I was able to find it. All and right, we so just go gotten married when I wrote the article. Oh, okay. And yeah, because it took, um, even though we met in 2003, it took Terry a long time to pull the trigger, as it were. And so we lived together for eight or nine years before. That's, don't you think that's a good idea? Yeah. And, you know, one time he was on the couch and he didn't feel good. And he had a disappointment. And I got on top of him and said, you're not going to get out of it this easy. You got to be, you know. So he knew. What, get out of marrying you or get out of his disappointment? Or just anything. He's oh. not going to get out of it without me. So that's, I knew that for way before we got married, that we, I knew I was going to be together with him forever. That's cool. Yeah, sometimes you just know. Uh, I, I've, I've never those, before, yeah. you know, I, I was 50 when I met him. Doing isn't that. that wonderful? I mean, uh, I, we, another comic we know, she, she married her longtime boyfriend a couple of years, only a few years ago, but she'd been with him for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I think that's the better way, don't you? If we could have people live their lives and then stay with their significant others, it would be great. Mm. So it's been 10, it's going to be 12 years now that you're married? Uh, 10 years is our anniversary this fall. Okay. And Julie's trying to figure out how old you are. She's I know how old she is. I'm, I'm 69. Yeah, she's a year younger than I am. Saying Beautiful. it is, is horrifying. Beautiful. I know. Why do you, why do you have to get 70 out of your mouth? Oh, no. I found it's see, better. To, I found it's better. I to have a, a system. When I was turning 50, I couldn't believe it. And I couldn't say it. And so what I did, I said, I'm selectively dyslexic. So I'm five. <laughs> and the next year I was 15, 25, well, 35, idea. 45. That's and then cool. at 55, I got 10% off at Ross. And so that carried me through to 60. I, and then I, you're 16. I, I, and then you're yeah. 26. And I did it right this time. Well, you look great. Makeup, lighting, all well, that. You still, you still look great. Go ahead, Kath. I was going to say, but she's only what twenty six. Exactly. 
Well, well 96 if you do use my selective oh, yeah. dyslexia right <laughs> yeah. now. This is not a good time, but I'm going to no. be seven, you know. Oh, soon. When when will you be seven? Next year. Okay. I'm just emotionally preparing myself. <laughs> no, nothing you can do could prepare you for it. Oh. Nothing. There's nothing. Nothing. It's hard enough when I have to say my age. It never sounded old until you have to say it out loud yeah. to everybody. How, I how do it on do stage. You feel? Yeah. Well, until I had my stroke, and we'll get to that, yeah. I thought I was 45. Okay. And I lived my life as a 45-year-old. Mm-hmm. You know, being bad. Right. Eating all the wrong things. You know, I was over that when I was 42. See, I had gastric <laughs> bypass uh, when I was 42. Okay. And it was the first time I ever got to eat like normal people. Wow. You know, eat a little something, eat a little something later. Right. No guilt, no shame. Mm. But I was on a diet for 35 years before I was 42. Oh. Yeah, I'm do the math. On I'm still on one. It's not worth it. I wasted so much time. So were you, much time. Carrie, and I don't mean to be intrusive, but were you on a diet for health reasons or just trying to be like fit into society's norm? When you know? I went to college i weighed about what i weigh now you and know. my mother had me convinced that i was the largest living mammal and oh i wasn't God. ever going to get married and nobody was going to like me and so i started doing comedy and everybody liked me no matter what i weighed that's one of the things i want to talk about and that's a good entrance into your comedy life um you you we came up around the same time. You came up a couple years earlier. I started out in uh, February 21st of 1978. Right. I said, Isn't it amazing how we all remember that? Our well, it was, comedy? I didn't mean to do it. I, at the beginning of February of that year, I had a manager. Uh -huh. After he rocketed me to start him, now he was fixing shoes. But... <laughs> um, we Tuesdays was the night at the Holy City Zoo when, where you went on. The next week was Valentine's Day, and I had to go on the next week. And it happened to be my mother's birthday. And I was in Vegas. Do you remember Carl in the room in Vegas? At the I Improv work, in Vegas? I didn't work the improvs in, the, oh, in Vegas. Was I, didn't, I was an East Coaster, so I didn't oh. get to. That's an it. And you bring up an interesting point because it's. It, there was something about the West Coast for people like me back then that was just magical, and I and I dreamed of going out there, and I, uh, in and in particular in, in the San Francisco area because the Holy City oh. Zoo was this. Um, Never went to the bathroom there. That's how lousy the bathroom was. <laughs> it could have been worse than the Improv in New York. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, Lenny Bruce used to call them toilets because of the vicinity of the toilet to where you waited to go on stage. I told Kathy this, the improv in New York had a giant cat named Tits. That was a silver Friedman named, <laughs> named it Tits. And the thing just roamed. It would just oh, like a out. real cat? Yeah, a real giant cat. Yeah, it was a giant, big fat cat. And, you know, when, when we were curious about why it was so fat, and you know, we would just tell people, well, the hamburgers here are really <laughs> what that wasn't. Hey, or the, the vermin. Right. Very <laughs> tasty. Right. And, but I tits, never, would, tits would show up on stage sometimes. Yeah, it was a, a I never cat. met Silver till after 
because in 78, 79, when I went to New York, you know, to right. try to get a job and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I got the horrible case of food poisoning and stayed in bed for a day at my friend's apartment going, you, you know, didn't have the burgers, I hope. No, I oh, okay. I didn't eat at the improv. Oh. I had a, had oh. scheduled a um, a showcase with Silver, and it you know and, and you say you worked at the comedy store, you worked at the improv in L.A. I guess everybody does. She uh, for those of you who don't know who Silver Friedman, Silver Friedman, Silver Saunders Friedman is her name, uh, the former wife of Bud Friedman. Uh, she got improv. out. I didn't know Bud, but but I met Bud once. But he was great. Me, he was. Yeah, I heard. I heard. It was a. I don't. You know. I don't want to talk about people's marriages. But that's that's for me. The improv is. Uh, I, I have a nice place in my heart. There, yeah. There. But I never made it out to the West Coast, uh, and you had this. It was a magical place. The Holy City Zoo, in my mind, because of the people so that were small. there. And in yeah. the beginning, I wasn't even cool enough to put my purse behind the bar. A friend who took me had to hold my purse. Oh my god! He was gay, so he was good with it. <laughs> Accessory. Accessory. And um, I would go back there. I took Bob Saget there to, for, for an audition. His, for no, no, no. When he was already famous. I mean, not okay. famous, but comic famous. Right. In 1980, we were working in Sacramento, and it was oh. an hour and a half to two hours drive there. And we got off stage, went to the Holy City Zoo and made it in time to, you know, for Bob to go on. Wow. And so he got to say he worked at the Holy City Zoo. But he never became a regular there? Well, you don't want to become a regular there unless you're just <laughs> yeah. starting out. Unless Why you is have that? Well, because it was a, an open mic club. They never, I never knew that. I thought it was a legit it, club. Oh, it was a legit club. And if he wanted to work there, he could. But nobody wants to <laughs> to work wow. at the zoo. See, I wanted to. <laughs> I, I had but the wrong goals altogether. It, the bar took up more space than anything. Oh it was God. about, I've, I've lived in apartments that were bigger. Studio apartments were oh, bigger wow. than, it was a very tiny place. But it, it's lovely that it, it existed in your mind. You're crushing a, her, Carrie. You're crushing her whole just. Just one more. Even though I didn't go to now. the bathroom there, I read the the um, the graffiti in the men's room. You oh. know, in the ladies' room, we all went in. We were safe. Oh my god! But the well, best thing I read was Bobby Slayton is hung like a baby, <laughs> which explains his his attitude on stage. Wow. That's a yeah. wow. Well, that's breaking news. That's the first time we've ever broken a story like that on Comedy Central. I don't know if I've ever told anybody that, but that was, you know, that's the zoo in a nutshell. Okay. I have nothing to say to that. I, <laughs> what are you doing now, Carrie? Bobby Slade, I'm going to go, well, is it true? You know, like, like he's Milton, he's the opposite, he's the anti Milton Burl, I guess. Don't the, mention it. I will not. Well, it's public domain now. Well, let's move ahead. Okay. So in 1982, you came in fifth at the comedy the San Francisco Comedy. Guy, I did it every summer. I did it every summer. I would go back. You know, I'd moved to LA in 1980 or 81. I don't know. But 
I had worked at the all male strip show for women for a year to save money. Here's the American gigolo, you know, yeah. and um, I used to get to pick the the woman who got to put baby oil on the bodybuilder. That was my life. You at got the to time. pick that person. And they you... women used to offer me money to go. I was going to say, were you ever bribed? <laughs> oh, they tried to, but I was making fifty bucks a night. I thought I was rich. But you had ethics. You did. Yeah, remember that fifty bucks a night gigs. But so you go up against. Uh, people like uh, Jim Samuels, Kevin Pollack, oh. Will Durst. Uh, I mean, and you you placed. I was in the finals, but you, you know, came in fifth, right? a you radio came... guy torpedoed me every single time. It's oh, nice yeah. that we're bringing up all this stuff to. I'm sorry. It gave me agita. But, um, <laughs> well, we but I want our, I want our, we have six viewers, so I want the six that we have. To know you have more than six. You've got a bigger family than that, Julia. <laughs> yeah, but they don't talk to me. And that's counting my ex-wives. So they don't they want. You were married more than me. I was married two and a half times. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. The last time didn't count because it was annulled, but uh, but it's a half. It, it counts if you stood there and said, I'm gonna love you forever. It's it's an asterisk, you know, like Roger Mar I mean <laughs> <laughs> But um, did that, you know, winning, I mean, that's, a, that was that. I time. didn't win. I came well, in fifth, fifth out of five. Fifth but even, five coming, even coming in fifth. Even finishing, Carrie. But it was 40 was people where, you know, they had the original was 40 people down to 20 people, then down to five people. And that was the competition before everybody and his mother had a competition. Oh, San Francisco and was it. I I was so spoiled from the audiences in San Francisco that treated me like a goddess, as it were. You were know? there other women on that competition? I mean, did any of the others place in the top? Five? No, and they engendered a competition between you and other women too. Well, that's what's nothing new about that, you know. You know. And yeah. so there were no other women in the, the finals. I think Marsha Warfield had won in one of the years. Oh, wow. Um, I think because I met her in the first couple. And um, she's so funny. We got together she's in, incredibly funny. in she's, Vegas when she was yeah. just starting to get back into stand-up, you know. And we yeah. would get together after the shows. And one of them was around 2016. And I was asking her some Bill Cosby questions. And she said to me, can you keep a secret? And I said, no. <laughs> and so she laughed. But then the next night she told me the secret, which wasn't a big secret anyway. Well, what was it? That her agents had told her never to take a drink from Mr. Cosby. Oh, oh, really? Wow. Her agents told her when she came out from Chicago. So people knew. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he, was, was... he was talking about, uh, what What did he call it? Spanish he called fly. It... Yeah. Uh, what, what was he calling it? Uh... Oh, he shit. did it on an album, didn't he? Talk about it. Um, yeah, yeah. But I always remember when I drove a stick shift because that's what he talked about—the girl, right? Oof. That was the legend. Oh, enough about him. I don't. But I, I know don't... that because of my weight, and I would lose a hundred pounds and then gain—you know—buy new clothes, gain it back, lose a hundred pounds. You know, I, I did oh, that gosh. five, six times in my adult life. 
you know. And so I know that I was saved from a lot of the Me Too stuff. But there's a couple of things that, you know, happened that were uh, distasteful. Mm. Well, we don't have to go into it. Go ahead. No. So, Carrie, you, you know, you were talking about you had, uh, so you went through your comedy career and you had a physical setback. You you had a stroke? Oh, yeah. Um, Four years ago, four and a half years ago. Okay. Before, uh, after we had, we had, we had only met, this is only the second time you and I have met. Yeah. But we, we had, I had my 40th anniversary of doing stand up February 21st of, or was actually the 20th, I think, on, um, of 2018. And then May 18th, I had um, a major stroke. Oh my gosh. I was at rehab and everybody asked you, you know, it's stroke rehab and everybody asked everybody somebody said what kind of a stroke did you have and i said a really bad one (laughs) she didn't laugh well i I don't want to hold off on that for a minute because i want to i want to sort of work up to that because there's so much about you that people need to know that may they may not know i I wrote for roseanne you knew that she's jumping ahead well you know i had a talk show that didn't get picked up that was you supposed to be show? like the view with Christina Ferrari. Yeah, right. And uh, and then they moved it to New York. She wouldn't move to New York, so we wow. were let go. And but I got a month of being on a talk show and having everybody at the Improv stand up and and in in the bar, which is the place to be, uh, stand up and clap for me when they mm. because at at eleven o'clock on Channel Eleven every day I, we did the talk show. The pilot lasted a month. Excuse me, and uh, it was a great time. And somebody said, "Well, you, you do this long enough to get sick of it." Mm-hmm. But I was sick of getting my makeup put on every day mm-hmm. and mascara. Mm-hmm. But they were so great. It was so. It was going to be so much fun. But things happen, you know. Why couldn't they know. do it in L.A.? Because they wanted to do it in New York. Yeah. All right. You know, to make it to make it uh more timely. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Like so the view. You have you have this career. You you go from writer to well from comic to writer to uh script supervisor. Is that what you were doing on on Roseanne too? You were doing Yeah, I was an executive Let's story editor. Okay. How did that happen? Roseanne had broken up with Tom. And decided to get some of her friends. And I, she goes, a friend said, uh, do you know where Carrie Snow is? And she's, he said, her car's in my driveway. Because I was <laughs> on, the, on the road. Uh-huh. And he took care of my car. And I got hired in the uh, summer of 94 to write for her for special projects and stuff. And when they canceled this project, we, one of them, we were doing a Hanukkah special. And uh, somebody, one of the producers said, so what are you doing now? I said, trying to act busy. And, but then I got hired as a writer that December. For the show? For the Roseanne show, yeah. Okay, so what season was that? So if it was Tom was involved, it must have been. No, no, Tom was done. Well, I mean, he was gone, so he's already gone. So it was seven, eight, and nine that I worked on. So I was there as, as people would stand in the halls going, well, it's dropping faster than before. Or not faster, slower than before, pardon me. Got but uh, the we went from 
having a candy room, a room that was dedicated to treats, to that room being a storage room and having to beg one of the producers for a chocolate bar. Oh, they <laughs> they let you know when the show. This is not the first time the I've heard that story, not about Roseanne's show, but about shows that are going off eventually. I mean, they, when it was the still candy room, the snacks go first. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's where I would take people when people visited me on the show, say, look at this, because it's every treat you've ever wanted and that you're not in a Costco. Wow. You know, everything you can touch, everything. Mm. Well, you all right, so the show goes away and you I um about a year I did some special project. I, I did a bar mitzvah video for um I forget, Jason Davis. And um, his mother is Nancy Davis. She's a big mucky muck with the MS Society, all this mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, I, you know, I did a, a, a video that they showed at his bar mitzvah. His bar mitzvah was at the huge mansion of his grandparents. And they had casino night and this and that. And Paul Provenza came up to me, he goes, they're free pouring Dom. And also, and a, and a guy he goes, there's a letter there from Benjamin Franklin, you know, in the office. And I said, what does he want? <laughs> um, but it was crazy, you know, giving you little, uh, you know, I don't think Wolfgang was actually there, but Wolfgang Puck did the appetizers and it was crazy. Holy shit. See, that's the difference between East Coast comic and West Coast comic. East Coast comic is, yeah, I'm at this VFW tonight in a... <laughs> They're giving us all the shrimp we can eat. It's great. You know, the, the comics, you go from one end to the other. Yeah. yeah. You know, nothing. Come on. The, the, you know, the male strip show was my peak as far as I'm concerned. Well, well who is uh, Cap, uh, Carol Montgomery uh, did that too in Vegas? In Vegas. Well, she did it yeah. in Vegas yeah. when they started doing the guys with tuxedos and stuff. You know, the only guys that were um, the wore tuxedos were the waiters. You know, with the bow tie right, and everything. Right, right, right. And one time my father was dropping me off. I'd already parked my car. He was in town on business. We went out to dinner early so I could get to work. And uh, bless his heart. He goes, which one is it, honey? I said, it's the club that says exotic live acts, daddy. <laughs> but he asked me sweetly not to date the strippers. <laughs> But I Why? did kiss one of the topless waiters who turned out to be gay. Huh. Yeah, what a surprise. Uh, yeah. You don't see that very often. So you take, you you and I share um, something in common. And a, that brain? We both, what, a brain? A brain? No. We both stepped away from comedy for 10 years. Um, yours, but I don't know. I know why I went out of it, but... Um, I was too tired to do stand-up when we worked for Roseanne. Mm -hmm. And the most I'd gone was like 10 days when I'd had surgery. And it was quite a, a shock to my system when I had my stroke, what to do on a Saturday night. Yeah. You know? It's, yeah. I remember asking Diane Nichols in the 80s what normal girls did on a Saturday yeah. night. She goes, you're going to have to call somebody. <laughs> 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 you know? It was such a luxury to have a night off 
but not a luxury. Well, we, well, we again, we experienced that again with COVID. And as all of us were like, what do I do? I don't know. It's Saturday night. I and, need to do something. And at the time, I was just getting ready to come back outside. You know, I was you. I'd gone from a wheelchair to a walker, which I don't have anymore. Thank you. Yay. And um, yay. And uh, then I had to to really figure out what time it was. About you know, I used to work three four nights a week at home, just be you know in L.A. because I could. Yeah. Well, let me let me do, all right. Since we brought up the subject of the stroke, a few years back. Um, I had open heart surgery and it took me out of commission for a while. I remember. And I, one of the, yeah, and yeah, I do too. One of the things I feared the most was never going back to work, uh, that, that it was over. Uh, and, and the frightening part about being able to still think funny and still right in your head, but knowing that there would never ever be a place to, to do it on stage again. I can't even imagine for you what that was like. Um, you couldn't was, talk, right? You couldn't even talk. No, no, no. I could talk. Oh, you I, could. The okay. first day, I don't, I've, I don't know if I can say this, but I was in the hospital in the emergency room, and all I could say was unfucking believable. Yes, you could say that. Wow, that's all I could say. Wow, and and you knew you were saying it. I knew I was saying it, and the doctor asked my friend that I've known since before freshman year in high school. He goes, "How long have you known each other?" And Anne goes. I don't know, 40 years. And I said, 50. And that's when they knew I was still there. Good. You know, good. Yeah. good. She was lying about those 10 years, trying to make the doctor think she was younger. Did they admit and, her? No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I always knew I was there. But, you know, I graduated from speech therapy at the hospital in a couple of weeks. The woman said, just read out loud. I read to my husband. We're almost finished with Obama's book. It's taken forever because we've taken time off. But now as, as well-versed as I am speaking to you now, reading, I, I was the queen of the cold readers. And that is difficult. So you, don't, you never know what part of your brain gets you know, messed up. Well, they're giving, they're giving shit to this guy, Fetterman, who's running for senator in Pennsylvania now because he's recovering from a stroke too. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're saying that it's somehow... Uh, because he can't articulate. I, I think exactly what the problem is. He might be. Um, his his he, he needs a teleprompter. Yeah, he needs a teleprompter. Yeah. And you know, I follow Noel Kassler on. Uh, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Who's brilliant? Yep. And he says that they're trying to make him impaired. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and he 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 bets that. Um, what's his name? Oz uses a teleprompter all the time and yeah. did on a show. That's what people do. Right. Well, it, it, and it, <clears throat> it, it amazes me that somebody, even Oz is a doctor for Christ's sake, you know, that he would stoop that low. He was a horrible doctor. <clears throat> well, and nevertheless, he, he was a doctor, you know, she, you know, Oprah gave us Dr. Phil and the way he talks to fat women, I hate him still, and I don't oh, yeah. even have to see him. He owes us. She owes us an apology. Oh, okay. And and Oz, I mean, he doesn't legal, live in Philadelphia. He doesn't live in yeah. He doesn't live in Pennsylvania. And and legally, he's had his own things with the FDA and um, you know and another government. Doesn't he vote somewhere Turkish. else? He's a Turkish citizen. 
Turkish delight. Mm, yeah, good yeah. candy. <laughs> Let me ask you Love a question. I, and I, we're going to bounce back and forth, but um, in Yale Cohen's book, uh, the Kill, We Killed the Rise of Women in American Comedy, you said that we really thought when Roseanne was on The Tonight Show, it was going to open it up for women comics. And I, I could see why, because I remember that set, and it was it was epic. Uh, and and did it in your mind not open it up for women? I wasn't there yet, so I was... If I had a dime for every time when I was in the... I remember in the improv, waiting there to go on. You know, you just wait in the crowd. And somebody would say, Roseanne. And I thought you losing weight would help me. No, there's mm. barriers in there that were before us. And Roseanne told me once that she thought because she was married, that she was safer. Married before I, or before Tom? No, just married oh, okay. when she was married. You know, it right. doesn't matter to, to who. The, the driver, the this, the that, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, but she said that I was safer. She was mm -hmm. because she was married as though there was a man that could control her. I don't think that man has been born, but you know, do you think that's changed? I mean, I know one of the things we, we talked about Carol Montgomery, her specials are trying to, you know, bring women, oh. you know, and, uh, I was fortunate enough to be one of them. Uh, I think, as an outsider, and I still feel like an outsider, but I think it's a little bit better for younger women now, not so much our age women. Now, who is the gal that had quarter-life crisis and she's done a couple of Netflix specials? Uh, and she's really cute and she's just a mess. And I had the same, you know, when I was coming up, hmm. you had to see your flaws. Mm -hmm. You had to actually see them. You had to look weird. You had to be fat or too thin or something. It had to be visible to the audience. Mm -hmm. And now here's this beautiful young girl, Taylor Tomlinson. Is oh. that it? Wow. Oh yeah, that's the name. I'm not familiar. I don't. I don't know her work very well. But yes, but she, that's her name. She is funny. She knows. <clears throat> she knows setup, punchline, act out. She, you know, she does pretty standard good comedy. You know. Yeah. But now. And, and even, um, oh, what's the gal who did, um, oh, shit. I'm, see, that's when I, okay. I, need, I need IMDB for that. When, uh, Whitney. And I Cummings. said, Whitney Cummings? yeah, and I thought, yeah. okay, what is it about Whitney? Mm -hmm. And then I looked at her, and she looks like, not in a bad way, but she was young. She looked like very horse-like. Mm -hmm. And I thought, yes. ah, that's what she thinks is the problem. Mm. But they're able to get out there and, and Chelsea Handler, it's just like a half a step away, but you can be attractive and still be a mess. Right. <laughs> and I love that. I love that. It, I think from, you know, and again, I come from a whole different place than you do or Kathy does. Um, you know, for me, it's about age. It's about, and it's also about uh, prejudice, you know, toward trans folks, LGBT folks in general. So I work from that pain. You know, that's that's where, that's my truth. Um, you want, you know, you're in the process of working your way back, correct? Or you, that's where you're. You know, I've you know. taken notes for writing and for stand-up, you know, on my notes app on my phone. This is me typing on my phone. 
And uh, because, you know, I can walk and all this, I, I'm working on my hand and arm. Yeah. Because until I can visualize, I was, you know, at the theater at the Throckmorton going on stage and saying hello with both hands. I don't think I'm ready yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, there is a, I, I, I think you would waste yourself or waste your story in a stand-up set. Oh, waste I'm not going to be yeah. regular stand-up, more of a TED talk somewhere yeah, in Yeah, that's, that's absolutely. Uh, I couldn't take something being thrown at me. Oh my God. <laughs> that happened right up the road from where I live. That, that club is in, at the you Jersey You can't drink store. a beer that fast? I can't believe she was how great. Fast. She was great. I can't believe how I fast that thing went viral. Well, it was a couple of days, and I saw it in the beginning, and I was trying to explain to Terry, this girl dodged a beer and then drank it. Yeah. She yeah. said she didn't even see it. And I think uh, one of the shows is trying to get her on Cal uh, Fallon or Kimmel. I don't know which one. But oh, I, yeah, I mean, that's a career maker. I think she's been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. 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 And I love that. It takes about 10 years to season a comic, they yeah. say. Yeah. Well, I, you can understand why she wouldn't see the beer. The lights yeah. are blinding you. And it's so a very just, small club, though, yeah. where mm -hmm. she is. I mean, it's, with bullet she might not holes have seen in the sign. Huh? With bullet holes really? in the sign. Well, yeah, drawn a, on. I, the oh, place drawn is, on. I yeah. see. Yeah. Wow. It's just, I, I don't work there, but I mean, that's the kind of. Because you value your life, obviously. <laughs> Oh no! I've she been in situations. She can't chug a beer, honestly, Carrie. She can't chug a beer to save her life. I've been in situations where you know my 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 safety was in jeopardy uh, before. That was just on was a date. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a heckler? Kathy with me. Um, you um. Okay, so I forgot that I also in in that that the range of seventy eight to eighty eight. I, I hosted Comedy Tonight on PBS two seasons. Oh, wow. And I didn't even ask for the job. It was offered to me. And I didn't know a lot of men were asking for the job. And this guy, that may he rest in relative peace, um, came up to me right before I was going on stage and said, are you going to wear that? And I didn't know that that was a guy thing to give people shit as they were you know, going to go on stage. And I carried that around for years, you know? Yeah, that's... That. And so, you know, 88 to 92, when I was going to do the talk show, and I thought I was going to get off the road. And then in, two years later, when I wanted to go back, and it didn't exist anymore. Right. And so the, I'm doing the timeline in my head. Then, it, Oh, no. Where'd she go? Oh, no. Oh, no, Jimmy. <laughs> I was getting a call. Oh, there she doctor. is. Okay. Okay. All right. We lost you for a second. What, Doobie? What? We Did lost you. Can you hear us now? Yeah. I got oh, you went blank call. for a minute. Okay. I don't know how to to not get a phone call when you're on your phone. Oh, oh, is that what it was? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, you can block that, by the way. There's a there's a you go to your settings. Yeah. And you have a do not disturb. Oh. <laughs> feature on there. Yeah. I just thought I was. Who calls me? You know. I do. I know, but during I'm this, call you all the time now. Uh, we're gonna. We actually. We? Let's let's go back. So you were talking, and then something. I once I you know got through uh, 
the the lawsuit after Roseanne, and then my dad died. Wait, what lawsuit? I know, like, wait a minute. Well, she had really me fired. Fast. My walk to my car was security. It was considered a wrongful termination. Oh. Yeah, that's yeah, not in your little that. paperwork, is it? Lord? No. Well, it says that you were fired, but didn't say why. Walked to my car with security because there, she, there was a bloodbath one day, and I went and, and I told the. Uh, it was not the the sitcom; it was her talk show. Okay. And uh, it hadn't even gotten on the air yet. I was scheduled to go on the talk show. They were going to talk about gastric bypass and all this stuff. No, fired on a Friday. Oh my gosh! No and reason? I said, I said. Um, the the driver had got come back into the fold, and he had people fired. The driver, her husband, the limo driver. She was oh, separated oh. from him. Oh, brother! What a volatile situation! Oh, my God! Yeah. Wow. But you know, I used to cry about it in in the, the beginning, and Taylor Negron whispered to me, "It's your retirement." <laughs> and every first of the month, I say a little thank you to Taylor because I squeaked in to get retirement. Squeaked wow. in. You have to have five years in the WGA. Mike Dugan, you know Mike, right? Yeah. Yeah, Mike Dugan and I, uh, he's, he and Taylor, I guess, were pretty close friends. And He, wow. he, he lived just, in his house for a while. Yeah. Oh, and and it, uh, there was an apartment below in Taylor. Yeah, and he just, he gets, he gets teary-eyed when he talks about that. Again, this is a person I would have loved to have known Taylor because I oh. loved his work. I thought he was just... Uh, you know, I genius. knew his family. And yeah. He knew so many people. He just... And when you were with him and he was drawing you, nobody else existed but that mm -hmm. being funny. That's what Mike said. Dugan says the same thing. Yeah. He had and a he, gift. Yeah. I, he... I watched, I guess it was a TED talk. No, it was a moth talk that he did about uh, the monkey. The, the, yes. You know, oh, my God. I, I, Kathy, you have to find this on um, on YouTube. Sometime. It's only about, what, 15 minutes, right? Yeah, it's 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 doable. You don't have to yeah. commit a lot of time. But he to wanted it. a pet monkey as a kid. And it's just, oh my God. And it's just the most... <laughs> And he had a name for it. Yes, it's... and... His the two people I met when I first came to the comedy store, Steve Moore and Taylor Negron. Steve Moore did a special called um, "Drop Dead Gorgeous," that being uh -huh. HIV in the nineties. Wow! And the two of them were my buddies, you know. And um, what did that have to do with anything? Why am I saying that? Well, Nothing. Well, we were talking about Taylor. Yeah. yeah, But they were the my first two friends at the comedy store. Mm. I, you know, in 79. Wow. Aren't wow. we lucky? Aren't we lucky? Uh, we got into this business. For a woman to have male friends mm -hmm. when, you know, whether or not I had a boyfriend, not that I ever saw him, you know, the boyfriends, we, they were mainly after hours, servicemen. They don't have names, you know? No, they didn't deserve names. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's there was very, the that's very player, Sylvia Plath-like, by the way. Yeah. The tumble player, the grip, the Nazi. I had the a Nazi? Had a it wasn't him. He wasn't anti-Semitic. He had relatives that were. Holy shit. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
Why would you yeah. date somebody like that? What am I talking about? It's the relatives. About? What are what you am talking about? Never mind. I don't even know why I asked that question. I, I never met the family or anything. Yeah, no. It doesn't matter. I, you know, I, I could tell you a story. I'll tell you a story. Okay. When I was courting my first wife, uh, she was an Irish American. And her mother was even more Irish American. And she took me to meet her mother. And uh, my real last name is very, very Italian. And she and she introduced me to her mother. And her mother just looked at me and went, oh, she didn't even talk to me. She talked to her daughter. She went, why didn't you just bring home a ne? Just like that. Came right wow. out of her mouth. Wow. And I went, okay. I'm, I'm out of here. And needless to say, the marriage was doomed for yeah. 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 I yeah. guess when um, Terry told me that his family had a, uh, a princess in the family, but she wasn't Jewish. I thought there was another Jewish girl in the family. <laughs> she was an Italian princess. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Yes. Exact same thing. Uh, different, different kinds of gold jewelry and yes. clothes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, all. and the boys are usually the Italian prince too. Uh, so oh yeah! Shush, shush! Oh my God! Uh, she's she's deaf, and when she uh, wants attention, the only way she knows is to badger me. But well, you're yelling at a deaf cat. I know I'm an idiot. It makes her feel better, <laughs> you know, so. if nothing else. So we're gonna have to wrap up here because Jimmy doesn't want us to go over an hour, and we're close. Jimmy is my Hey, you know, uh, you you were you were in the. Uh, the Aristocrats movie? Yes. It really <laughs> did start my career again. And in 2002, we, we taped it. And then 2003, just when I was meeting Terry, you know, that was his uh, first knowing it was me. You know, I remember babysitting a neighbor's child, a three-year-old, so they could go as a couple to see the Aristocrats. I was a hands-on producer, you know. But it was great, and I did I did my segment with Kathy Ladman and Susan oh. Kalinsky. Oh my God! And we what tried to go on. We tried to go on yeah. the the road together, and I think Kathy had gotten a job in New York, so we took Diane Nichols instead. And I booked us at a club in um, on the peninsula in San Francisco, um, Rooster Tees, I guess is the name. Oh, of it. I know that. I've heard of that club. Yep. And uh, uh, I booked us as Donner party of three. <laughs> Nobody came to see us. I should have mentioned my name. Yeah. Do you know that story, Kath? Do you know the story of the Donner party? It's from a movie or something. Cannibalism right? in Cannibalism. the 1800s. Okay. Yeah, they were traveling go through the Oregon Trail, wasn't it? They, they were no, Oregon Trail, they probably got, would have gotten through. They were going around over Tahoe. That's right, over Tahoe. Which is the <laughs> highest peak. You know, and so yeah, they it was it was not a good thing. And blizzard conditions, so they it was the, the first joke I ever wrote. I remember when I was a kid, and I said to my dad, <laughs> "What did the Donner Party have for dinner?" Leg of Sam. <laughs> and my father laughed, and and he did that horrible, horrible thing. I would when I went to Reno. I was I was on my way to San Francisco, but a friend I met a friend out there. I was doing a gig in Reno, and she took me to the Donner Party Museum. Uh, up in uh, wow. I the name of it, yeah, and I loved it. I mean, it was great. A friend yeah. at a garage sale found a Donner Party party platter. <laughs> oh, 
and did I they always, buy it? Yes. <laughs> Shit, that's the funniest thing I ever heard. Oh my God. Was it there existed, a picture of it? But that was how they would, you know, oh. remember horrible events like that. Was it real? It was from the with a picture. It wasn't from that Holy time, but you know, shit. with a with a wagon party, party on it. Platter. Oh my god! Because they put a couple, they put a couple of them in prison when they got finally got to where they were going. And they found out about the cannibalism. Well, it happens. Like <laughs> wow. being in prison going to stop you. <laughs> well, it happens. Well, it happens that we're running out of time, and I don't oh, want to because I love you and I love talking to you. Thank you for uh, including me. I hope all your fans watch this. And uh, I don't care about them. I just, I we had fun to talking talk to you. you. Screw them. We don't care. <laughs> you could start and have a good career from that, you know, just screwing your fans. But um, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> but oh, well. I, I am so happy to see you looking so well. And so yes. um, well, as soon as I get my arm going and I was talking to Amazon, my insurance company, CVS for three hours today. But during one of the phone calls, I did, um, uh, I have a machine, uh, not a machine, it's a, a, a stand, and I put my arm on it and exercise. So I was exercising while I was being punished on the phone with these people. Oh my gosh. That's I'm like a, a multitasker. That's like you, got, you got spunk. <sighs> I hate smoke. Yeah, yeah. We All right, but thank you so much you. for including me. I'm glad <clears> that, <throat> that uh, you got your your uh, Wi-Fi back. All is thank good. You. Kathy with a C. Carrie, good luck in radio. Thank you. Thank you. Thank good luck for, for the, the Phillies. I'm kind of rooting for Cleveland at this point. Okay, well, they're in the other division, so I'm cool with that. All right. Yeah. We love you. Thank you. Same to you, but more of it. All right, bye. Take care. Bye. Take care.